And welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies, to this special edition of White Rabbit. Uh, we got Kirby Sneed, the one of the pitchers for the Oakland A's, coming on board. But I wanted to uh, talk to you guys and let you guys know what I've been going through for a second. So um, first off, uh, I need to get this out of the way because it's been eating me up. Two people have ordered some stuff and they have not gotten their stuff from my merch store, which is why I have not been promoting the merch store because I'm, you know, I'm not going to do that. Um, so basically let me give you guys a rundown. Here's what happened. Uh, when all the PayPal stuff happened about a year and a half ago where they were going to basically fuck over conservatives and truthers, um, I decided to cut ties with PayPal and I boycotted them. And then when I started my Shopify page, um, it had to be hand in hand with PayPal. And so I didn't realize this. And so people had ordered some stuff and they still to this day have not gotten their stuff. And I've been on the phone with these people countless times. I've got everything worked out. Let me tell you guys, you are going to get your stuff. All of that dope stuff that you ordered is coming your way. So, um, so Jolene Roberts and Trish Money, your shit is coming. All of that dope gear that you got and, and more. So what had happened was is because I had boycotted PayPal, for some reason there was like this little thing in there. So now they're like, you have to pay out of pocket every time somebody orders something and i'm like whoa yo that's not gonna happen and so basically i had to fight with them so for uh jolene roberts and trish money i am paying out of pocket so that you guys can have your stuff i don't know what happened to the money that you guys had paid but whatever i got it resolved and you guys are going to get your stuff and I am actually personally going to send you other things separately just for having to wait so long. And now that I've got that problem worked out, I would like to announce that the White Rabbit merch store is back and running and we are good to go. I got all the issues cleared. So everybody go check out whiterabbitpodcast.com to get all your stuff. And um, the reason I've been gone, man, is because, well, I moved from, I, I decided uh, California is not for me. I need to get out of here. And, you know, it really wasn't the state. It was the state of mind that I was in. And so I moved out to Tennessee and I had the amazing, amazing, deplorable Janet and her amazing husband take me in. And basically I went to the uh, deplorable rehab for your mentality is what it was. And they basically got me where I needed to be to get me back in the game and kicked me back out into the world. And I'm back here in California. I got a brand new job, a brand new beautiful house. And I, it's been a while trying to get uh, everything situated with the new house, the new uh, job and get everything going to where I could start doing the show again. But I'm doing the show again, guys. We're back. We are back. I'm tar I'm tarry. I'm tarry. I'm tarry for talking your ear off. I am sorry for talking your ear off. 
without further ado, Kirby motherfucking Sneed from the Oakland Athletics. Let's fucking go! A new world order. Excuse me. Has anybody seen a white rabbit? That was a joke about the world being flat, right? Was it? When we are successful. We have a real chance at this new world order. They sound crazy, so who cares? Who cares? But, but it could totally 100% be true because we know the government's lies about everything. Welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. And today we have the dopest left-hander to ever rock the green and walk into the Oakland Coliseum since Dennis Eckersley. Ladies and gentlemen, my man, Kirby Sneed. How is it going, brother? It's good, man. I appreciate you having me. And I was so excited to, uh, first of all, whenever somebody with a blue check mark starts following me, I get a little nervous and I'm like, who is this guy? Does he mm. work for the CIA? You know, like, <laughs> which is funny because yeah. uh, I, I believe by the time this episode comes out, I will also have a blue check mark. So that's kind of funny. But, um, nice. but anyways, man, I started looking into you and then you play right now for my favorite team when I was growing up. So I grew up in the Bay Area. Uh, half of my childhood, I grew up in the Bay Area. And so my first baseball games, man, were, were at the Oakland Coliseum. Wow. And uh, awesome. I grew up watching uh, Jose Canseco and Dennis Eckersley and Ricky Henderson and Mark McGuire. That was my era, brother. And so just wow. the fact that you get to walk on that field wearing that same uniform, it's an honor to have you on the White Rabbit, brother. Thank I appreciate you. it, man. Thank you. So uh, before we get into um, conspiracies and stuff, uh, let's get uh, a little bit to know who you are. So like, uh, where, are you, where are you from? Uh, what, get, what made you want to play baseball? Let's, let's, uh, let's find out who Kirby Sneed is. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, a little small town in Florida called Alachua. Um, it's about 20 minutes from Gainesville, where the University of Florida is located. That's where I went to school, uh, played baseball there. Uh, yeah, you know, just a small town kid. Um, you know, love Florida, uh, grew up on, going to the beaches, you know, just being outdoors all the time. Uh, North Florida and South Florida are pretty much two different states, kind of like North Florida or North California and South California. Oh yeah. Um, two totally just, different. just two different places, man. And, and I really, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up playing every sport, but baseball just always was, I guess, just more fun than the other ones. Um, and then was it, always, was it more fun or were you just better at it? Uh, I was left-handed. So ever since I was like young, everyone said, oh, you left-handed baseball player have better chances of, you know, doing this and doing that. So uh, 
I just kind of stuck with it, man. And, and I, I think that um, I just had a lot of friends that were doing the same thing as me. And that was, I mean, baseball just kind of became what I was addicted to from the time I was five till now I'm 28. So the last 23 years, I've done nothing but do that. That's awesome, brother. So I named some of the people like when I was growing up, th those are the people that I looked up to. Also, I totally looked up to people that were on the other side of the bridge. We're talking like uh, Will Clark, uh, mm -hmm. you know, people like Kevin yeah. Mitchell and, and yep. stuff like that, too. Um, I don't know if I still have it because I've lost so much stuff throughout my life, but I actually used to have a brick from Candlestick Park. Wow. Yeah, dude, it was so awesome. That was the first time I ever went to box seats was in Canada. And the first wow. and only time it was like I was young, young. It was before the earthquake hit there. You know, that's how far wow. that to date myself. You know, you can see the yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, so dang it, where was I going with that? Anyways, so um, within uh, within growing up, man, like I had those heroes. So you growing up in Florida, who were your heroes? Um, yeah, I mean, the Rays weren't re really that big when I was that growing up. Um, my dad always watched the Red Sox growing up. So when I was, you know, getting into baseball, I really enjoyed watching the Red Sox play. Um, I would go to whenever they would come play in Tampa growing up, I would go down there to pretty much every summer and watch them play. And that's kind of where I fell in love with the game. Um, Bro, is it hard as a professional athlete to have a favorite team? Because it's all—it's almost like you have to just be loyal to the game. You can't necessarily yeah. be loyal to a team. Yeah. So now that I'm in, now that I'm, I guess you could say in it, um, it's very hard to, because like my first experience playing in the major leagues, my first game ever pitching in the major leagues, I pitched in Boston against the Red Sox. Oh so, man! So you're like playing against the team you have nostalgia with, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like they the first night that I was there, I didn't pitch, but they won the game, and like their fans were going nuts, and just that environment. And it's like you obviously don't want to lose that game as a right. member of the team, but at the same time, there's a lot of me that was like, man, that's like really cool just to experience this thing, and that's that's kind of where I've become just in myself of playing this game is man just i'm just trying to enjoy it like I, yeah dude definitely so that experience get into right all there. the other stuff you know i don't i don't i don't try to make as much money as i can i don't try to do all that stuff i just want to like play because that's that's all i've known man to be right. honest with you like that's all i know so so you just love the game yeah. and so and so to go back to it was like so you have you're playing against this team that you have nostalgia with right and so yeah. you've been sitting there as a fan and then and then now even though you're not wearing the same uniform, you get to see it from the opposite end and actually be on the, on the field. Yeah. Um, dude, that's got it. That, that must've been an incredible moment for you. Yeah, it was, uh, just to be able to share it with my parents too, you know, they put so much time into what I've done. So, um, yeah, I think just, it, it was just a full circle moment for sure. So that's awesome. So, uh, uh, I don't want to ask how old you are, so, but can I ask how long have you been playing professional ball? Yeah, so I I um I went to the University of Florida and I was drafted after my junior year in 2016 by the Toronto Blue Jays. And then from there I spent 6 years with them 
And then okay. the last, you went the from last... Florida. I, I gotta, I gotta interrupt. Oh yeah. You went from Florida, the best weather ever, to going to just straight up snow and cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. is that hard as an athlete to play in those? Um. Games? So the 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 Blue Jays play in a dome. So. Oh, but even, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with like all the minor league. I came up with a lot of the minor league teams too with uh, the Blue Jays. Okay. And those were all up north in the northeast. So they were all cold as well. So, so when I was young, uh, when I graduated high school, I was going to be a professional skateboarder and being a graphic designer was my safety net. So I was going to, I was going to school to be a graphic designer, but my, my dream was to be a professional skateboarder. And I, I moved to San Francisco a year uh, right after graduation. But then I uh, ended up somehow ended up in L.A. That's a long story, another podcast, whatever. But I ended up in L.A. and I'm skateboarding for a place called Chaos Skateboards. And um, Paul, uh, a lot of a lot of good skaters came out of there. And so when I lived out there, um, there was a, a room or not a room, but it was a, an apartment where a guy that believed in athletes was renting this apartment out to just upcoming athletes that he believed in. So I was living there with people that were on football scholarships. I was living there, living there with a pitcher who got um, straight out of high school. He was um, drafted by the Atlanta Braves, mm. but he was drafted so high up that uh, he wanted he wanted to uh, play college for a while and see if he could get a better draft pick, you know, like not high up, but like, so yeah, yeah, so yeah. far back, you know, it was like yeah. a high round. So it was like, yeah. dang dude. So, yeah. So he was, he would look at his paperwork sometimes and, and it would be, you know, he would have to play in the low levels and he was looking at it. And at the time, uh, what he was, he would have been paid would have been like $8 an hour at the, wow. the equivalency of eight dollars an hour to play yeah. for the I mean, it's, it's it that's pretty much what it is when you're coming up like that so it's nuts that's crazy so you yeah. look out you're a badass you end up uh surprising everybody and you come from the minor leagues and um i i saw some articles about you man you're you're kind of a, a talk so yeah um i just like the work that I've, I've had a lot of good coaches along the way as well. So uh, just like surrounding myself with the right people. I've been pretty lucky with that. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just very fortunate to be where I'm at. So. That's awesome, brother. I, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, uh, people like you are very important because they give youth uh, people to look up to and somebody to give hope to, you know, like I yeah. remember as a kid, I didn't have, like the father figure that I had was kind of a piece of shit. And so my father figures were Michael Jordan, uh, Bo Jackson and, <laughs> and like Mark McGuire, you know, like, yeah, so. <laughs> those are three pretty good ones right there. Yeah. So, uh, let me ask you this, man. Uh, what was your first awakening red pill moment when you were man. like, Holy shit, this is yeah. not what I thought it was, man. So, thought about this question for a while when you told me um but the best answer i can give is man I, like as a kid growing up i was always questioning things like always um things i would hear things i would like people would do i just kind of began to base my own opinions off stuff that i would see oh yeah the shirt question everything yeah and um my dad was 
I was very fortunate enough to where my dad growing up always told me that there's going to be people in your life that don't want your best interest and are just going to try to like take advantage of you. You know what I mean? So when, when just growing up in that little environment, I've always treated people with respect, but man, like I've noticed, especially now that I'm 28 and just the things that have happened over the last three or four years, just things that don't sit right, right with me, you know, just don't right. sit right. But to answer your question, I think um, 2019, I was heavily invested in trying to make it to the major leagues. I was in AAA with the Blue Jays, and I just kind of, I kind of gave up on uh, a lot of things, man. Like I, 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 I tried to stop drinking. I tried to stop, uh, you know, I, I didn't really use marijuana at the time, but. Um, like just, just things that I knew weren't sitting right with me. And then COVID happens that 2020 season. And I just started digging into everything, man. Like I, I was digging deep into any topic you can think of. I was trying to figure out the answer to, I had so much time on my hands that right. I really, and I think honestly, I don't want to say that COVID was the thing that woke me up because I've always felt like I was way more awake before that. But I think it just kind of solidified all the things that I had questioned in my life. And I've come to realize that a lot of things that a lot of people are attached to are either fake or completely manipulated in a sense to keep them, you know, from their true self. And I think that's, that's, that's the greatest answer I can give you without, um, you know, going into many different subjects, but. Man, that's a, and that's an amazing answer because I feel like everybody that watches or listens to the show feels very, very similar to the way that you do. And and even me, you know, like I was diving down these rabbit holes a long time ago. However, um, I've always like for, for as long as I can remember, like I can even date it back to when I was, I don't know if I was, I know that it was before it was in between second grade and kindergarten when I sat there and realized that this universe and this thing that we are in is way bigger than what I'm being presented. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think as a kid too, there was just so many things that I realized that like, even just watching my parents react to certain things and watching, you know, my, I have a, I had an older cousin who basically taught me everything under the sun. So um, I think just seeing the way that he like, Older, older people dealt with things and I realized man like that those true those things truly don't matter at the end of the day you know what I mean and, and I think um just playing in this sport man like like the people that you encounter like obviously I've met so many good people along the way that I'll for cherish forever but at the same time there's so many people that the best way I can explain it is man they just have an ego about themselves that like they know more than everyone they do all, and and at the end of the day man they don't know shit like that's that's just how I see it, and and right. they're just it's just ego driven people, right? Oh yeah, so many people that are just like that's why I, mean, I can't it's, they're stuck. The best way, and me, I have friends that I play with that we joke all the time, and it's like they're just stuck in the matrix, man. Like they're stuck in that little realm of like whatever whatever the screen says, whatever my phone says, <laughs> like that's true. You know what I mean? And yeah. I've never been that way. Like I will never be that way. So, so I'm curious, man, and this is, this is kind of off subject and this is, this is a selfish question, but like, how did you find me? Was it through my own podcast? Was it through? Yeah. So I I was going to say earlier in my answer about just what, what kind of woke me up. Um, 
that 2020 year, man, I was, when COVID happened and they sent every baseball player home because of a cold, I just kind of just started researching things, you know, like, why is this happening? What's going on? Like, is this like, um, and I found Larry Johnson on Instagram okay, and Twitter. And he had a podcast that I listened to for about two weeks. And he was talking about everything under the sun, you know, with conspiracies and just things like that. And then I see that Spotify takes his podcast off like immediately. And so that raises in my, you know, I was just beginning at the time. Like I always had a little intuition about it. But that just kind of just raised my eyebrows like, man, like they really don't want us to know the truth about anything. They really don't. No. And so that's how that's just how I see it, man. Like I, I, I got into Larry Johnson. I, I started uh, I saw he had a podcast with Sam Tripoli with the Tinfoil Hat podcast on Spotify. And I just started crushing that. <laughs> I mean, I was listening to four podcasts today. Uh, from that and then uh kind of just followed sam on instagram and stuff like i'm a huge fan of sam i think that same triply yeah yeah no uh, i was i was saying same i'm a huge fan of sam as well yeah. like he's, he's a great guy we uh we we talk um on on social media behind the scenes sometimes nice. uh he he and i are going to be doing a show together very soon very very nice. soon. awesome yeah, yeah so I, I think just that and i just kind of uh just saw little accounts that he would following and reposting and stuff and I, i'm sure he like reposted something from you and i just probably clicked through there and found it and yeah so i think that's, that's awesome. like that's pretty much the only reason why i have social media anymore is obviously i have friends and family that i want to keep up with but yeah because uh, there's so many good yeah, things and information out there that yeah, you can just, find I can see that your social media, you, uh, you definitely don't let anybody know what you're about. You are just yeah. letting people know that you play baseball. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, and that in itself, I feel very honored that you would even come to my tinfoil hat wearing show. No, yeah. it's, it's okay. I, I think, um, there's a lot more people that think like me, but are afraid to speak out. That's for I sure. I definitely agree, you know, and you were talking about like you guys make fun of some of the people um, uh, that are athletes that are just uh, that people worship, you know, you look at people like LeBron James mm -hmm. and the guy is just a creep, you know, yeah, yeah. like and, and I wonder, like, where does it hit? Because we know the people that I named back in the 80s. Um, you got your, you know, the, all, all those people that I named that were coming up in the eighties, you had your bang bros, right? They were the bash brothers. Actually, that's what they were called. You got your mm -hmm. Jose Canseco's, your Mark McGuire's, your Ricky Henderson's, your Will Clark's who else was dope back then? Like you had so many people. It seemed like there's the so Bay, many, man. There's, it there, like it's, the area there's a, really there's an endless list. Yeah. But it seems like the Bay area was really popping right then. Right. Mm -hmm. so then, now that I know what I know, I got to ask myself, like, were these athletes compromised? And so I had Tommy Chong on my show. And when I had him on my show, man, I really, I, I really am mad at myself because I wanted to ask mm -hmm. him some things that I, I was pussy about and I didn't ask him, you know, like when he was on, I really wanted to say like, do you remember when and where you were when you sold your soul so that you could have Richards and <laughs> be Cheech and Chong, you know, like I really yeah. wanted to ask him that. Yeah. Didn't. 
It's so funny you say that. You had to sell your soul to be where you are. I feel Mm -hmm. that you're an an extremely talented person and, and you worked very fucking hard to get where you are. However, I do feel that you are rubbing elbows with some of these people that may have done that. Mm -hmm. And just to even break it down from there, man, like I, I basically left, I was not, I didn't leave, but I was traded away from the Blue Jays because I wouldn't get the vaccine and it was mandatory to go into Canada at that time. Like that's basically why I'm with the A's now. And, um, thank you for standing your ground, man, because that's, that's, that's kind of what opened my eyes even more just that year. So 2021, um, is when I first officially made it up to the big leagues with the blue Jays. And they basically told me that beginning of that year that, Hey man, um, you need to get the vaccine in order to go to Canada, all this stuff. And and at that time, Canada wasn't even mandatory for it, but they told me that I had to get it. Wow. And so I basically said, you know, like, I love this game and I, I, I would do anything to, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a selfish person by any means, but at the end of the day, man, like I know what's right and what's wrong and I'm, I just, I'm not going to do it. And they took it as me basically telling them F you, but I saw it as man, like, Nothing, and I, that's the thing, man. Like no one, no one who didn't take it has regret has regretted it, right? You know? So, and, and a lot of people that have taken it really regret it, mm-hmm. and a lot of people that have taken it are wondering if they are going to regret. And it. And I can't tell you how many teammates that I've played with that have personally came up to me and told me that they are respect my willingness to stand up for myself, and that if they had another chance to to go back and do what I did, they would do it in a heartbeat. So, so what, I, what I find is crazy is, is you, you're, you got traded to Oakland, right? So obviously the A's are like, um, yeah, uh, we don't want our players to die. We want them to be healthy. And so uh, you got traded to the A's, but um, I, I, I'm wondering what's going on in Oakland. If they're like holding their ground uh, because I, you know, I know that they rent the stadium use, I know that yeah. I know that the athletics do not own that stadium. I know it's mm-hmm. owned by somebody else, but you know who else used to rent that place is the Golden State Warriors. Also, the the um, Oakland or the yeah the Oakland uh, Raiders, which is I need yeah. uh, silver and black. But you know what happened is they left, and who was the first NFL team on board with? You can't even come and watch a game unless you are turkey basted and that was the Oakland Raiders and the Oakland Raiders I feel like they sold their soul like as soon as Al Davis died that team Mm -hmm. has just gone commercial they just you know they got rid of it and and where they're going and so here's the next my next question is I firmly believe that sports are rigged we can see it even in the game that you play in as far as like some of these referees are paid off or some of the players are paid to uh, throw shit and make it not obvious. You know, we know this even happens at a college level. Um, So, but like, uh, I I know you're not probably allowed to speak on some of these things, but like, is like the entire season planned out for all of these teams, like before it even happens? See, I don't, I don't think it's planned out. Um, I think maybe, See, my, the only thing that 
I I actually listened to a podcast a couple months ago on the NBA, and I think like the whole Tim Donahue thing with like the referees influencing the outcomes of games. I think that's how they, if they were to do it, I can't I can't sit here and say that they definitely do it because I truthfully don't. I have no clue. Right. But um. But it would be impossible to have every player in on it because then yeah. people would be talking. No, no there's no players in on it. I, I unless you know it's it's somebody like LeBron or you know somebody he, he one of the player. one of the one of the biggest names in the sport but um you know for me man i'm just starting out like i <laughs> i try to i try to stay under the radar and just go out there and just have fun um but i would say if if it there's definitely definitely moments that you question like okay that like something's going on there you know there's a lot of moments in games that that can clearly go one or two ways and you can kind of tell why it goes one way. So that's, that's, that's the best answer I can give you. So no, that that's good, man. I'm glad you didn't run when I asked you that question to begin no, no. because you know, I, I was a little nervous to ask you that question <laughs> to be honest with you, You're but good. I was going to stick to my guns and ask it. Yeah. But like, have you ever personally been in a situation where you were, you knew you were through and throwing heat and throwing strikes and uh, they were not calling it in uh, I just I, the way I the way I see it, I think whatever is going to make the MLB the most money, that's what they're going to do. So if teams that if teams that get more fan base, get more viewings, get more ratings, those are the teams that they're, you know, that they they want them to win. Like that's I mean that's clear as day. Like our our commissioner of baseball, like he is strictly about making money and that's like i mean that's nothing against him like he's trying to right. he has it's a business called, to run it's called it's called, sports entertainment. It's, called yeah. it, it's sports entertainment and it's an entertainment yeah. industry yeah and even in high school before i even you know was into all the looking and questioning everything and look, but just like the simple fact that every playoff series goes to game seven like that's it's it's just it gets a little right tiring after a while every world series goes to game seven every NBA Finals goes to Game Seven, so it's Bro, just, it, even, it even breaks down even more than that because if yeah. you look at the NFL, like it, it seems like almost every prime time game goes into overtime or comes right down to the wire. It's yeah. like, how is that possible? You know, like yeah. I don't believe in coincidences, and that's just no, too many times. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Well, Thursday night sucked all year." It's like, well. Thursday night, but you look at like Sunday night football, you look at Monday night football, and it was yeah. like almost everyone was right down to the wire. And if it wasn't right down to the wire, it went into overtime and that was right down to the wire. Yeah. Like so that is down to the wire almost yeah. every single time. And that's done on purpose to keep people's attention. Yeah. And also 100%. it's because they have a lot of advertisers that are paying good money for these slots. And sometimes they over exceed and they got to keep the game going so that they can play all these ads. Yeah. I'm not 100%. joking. This is exactly yeah. what happens. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. so man, uh, thank God that you stood your ground and that's awesome. Um, so what are, what other conspiracies do you like to jump down, man? Like, are you into like project blue beam clone? Yeah. No, uh, all that, all that stuff, man. Um, you know, I, like I said before, man, I just, I, I question everything. Like literally the tiniest thing that you, that someone or a TV or, or something I see, I'm like, that can't be real. Like it can't, there's a reason why they push, you know, and you, you can tell me better than I can tell you. Like there's, there's so many things that they push out in our faces 
that are on purpose you know what i mean and just stories that i mean like a local news story about you know there's somebody shot in this area somebody died like they they had the cash app the cash app ceo got stabbed to death in san francisco like last week yeah man we gotta stop and, so you know and like, so it's like, just man, like this shit is real like we can't have lizard people killing lizard people all the time <laughs> and there's and there's so many there's so many distractions out there that keep us from actually truly paying attention to what's going on like i know that you know like just simply like last year for the first game that we had of the season we had to stand there for the ukraine national anthem or whatever it was we had to stay there and have a moment of silence for ukraine and i'm standing there in this city we're playing in and i'm seeing homeless people everywhere on the street you know like there's people that are just drugged out laying out in the street doing all this stuff and i'm thinking man if we have enough money to send all of that over there why are we not trying to at least help out these people in this city and so and i mean and that's the thing with oakland like I love the Bay Area. The weather is great. There's oh, so many Oakland there's so many cool things to do. But when you drive through Oakland, like there's a reason why like the city is it's starving, man. Like there's nothing there's no businesses that are for thriving there. It's like no one wants to stay down there. I don't know if it is right now, but for so and, many years it's been the murder capital of California for rain. Yeah, and it's just and it and it's 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 sad to see, man, because like even like the A's fans, man, they're so dedicated, like they they deserve better, I think. And um it's just like the everything that I've come to know, I'm trying to unlearn, you know? Like I just need to unlearn everything and, and relearn it because what I've been taught and what I've been told are just not right that's i mean it's so hard man so how do you deal with it because that that is one thing that gets people right so you realize that once you put on those glasses it's not like it's not like uh it's almost like contacts people say what they want to they want to uh uh simulate it to they live when he puts on the glasses I but was just I was not, just gonna bring that up. Like that though, it's not because once you put those glasses, you cannot take the glasses off. It's man. there. It's there. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. That's truthfully where I'm at. Um, I just like the whole 2020, like from literally March when COVID first kicked off until today. Like I have questioned everything that I have seen, heard, and. That's that's the thing that, that I tell people and, and it's like once you once you get into this to this like world where you question everything, like there's there's nothing that you can't question now. Like that's how I feel. Like I can't I can't question or I can't not question everything that I see because there's so many things, man. Like 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 just the and we can get into anything but just like the schooling system man like my little brother went to uf the university of florida which is like a top five university in the whole entire country and just like the things that he was taught and the people like just i mean they're like it's like a hundred it's like fifty thousand zombies walking around there man like it's just like people don't they don't they don't know and they're so out of tune with reality that it just like i i can't well, you know, Mark, and I, I like when I was young, man, like I was a humongous fan of UF, like football, baseball, obviously basketball. But nowadays, man, like 
the only reason why that place is there is just to collect money and to just spew out just I mean it's it's terrible like universities yeah. everywhere it's just I don't know if, I don't know if I told you this offline but um I told my daughter I was like yo if I die unexpected uh, unexpectedly I want you to sprinkle half of my ashes on the 50 yard line at the Oakland Coliseum yeah. however they've long gone since then yeah. you know I'm so glad that didn't happen yeah. now because then I just, you know, like, but thank God the A's are still there and the A's are doing their thing because yeah. I think once the A's leave and it's going to happen. And unfortunately it is going to happen. Once the A's leave that the town is dead, man. The yeah. o- Oakland is yeah. dead. Yeah. For the, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to hit pause real quick. Cause I have to pee really bad. So You're good. let's take a, let's take a five minute break. Fatality. <laughs> My bad. That was uh... a <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> All right, and we're back. <clears throat> so, um, man, it, it's uh, obviously a, once again a fellow lefty, uh, just an incredible guy is here, and another red pillar. So, um, what are other, what are some of the other podcasts that you would recommend some people to go to if they wanted to maybe start? Uh, opening up to some of these things because we know we can't just throw the book at them right yeah yeah and that's that's one thing that i had to i mean even just people who are first getting into it and they ask me about what to look up what to do like there's so much stuff out there man and there's so many things that for somebody who's first getting into it like I, obviously i had so much time on my hands in 2020 that i could i mean i was getting into I was reading and listening and doing so much stuff. I was just sitting at home every day. So that was a good time to do it. Uh, but now, like most days, I listen just to Sam Tripoli. Uh, Larry Johnson has a podcast on Spotify called Sight to the Blind. Um, and it's more of like a, kind of with him, he's just getting more into like Christianity and and how just the the – I guess you could say the, uh, how would you put it? Basically just things that don't add up. I mean, that's the simplest way I can do it. And, and that, I mean, he's, so, it's, so he's, it's, taking, he's taking like conspiracy theories, but like looking at it through the lens of a Christian. Just no, through, through the lens of just how it pertains to things in the Bible and things and, and how certain things add up, certain things don't certain things. I mean, he questions a lot of, uh you know religions which i've i that's kind of where i awoke to was just you know i grew up in a household where you know everything was was you know christianity and the bible and and as i've gotten more into it man i realized that some of that stuff doesn't add up either so um so I'm, i'm still i'm still i'm still very spiritual you know i'm still very very in tune with all of that you know and i i i treat every day as if you know, it's a blessing and, and all that. But um, I just know that, like, like I said before, man, like, there's so many things that I question now that, you know, I, I do believe in a lot of, in a higher power. And, and I do believe in that there is something out there that that controls what's going on. But at the end of the day, I, I, I just take the information that I get, and I just try to make the best, 
best of it. Um, like the rest of us do, man. Nobody has yeah. the exact answer, but you're yeah. on the journey, man. And you're on yeah. the path. You're listening to things, you're open to things and you're, and you want to learn things. And that's, that's the most important thing. And, yeah. and from what I can, and what I can see is you're actually looking at things with a little bit of discernment. So you're not just taking things at face value. You're actually mm-hmm. being able to critically think and to look into things and that's what brings Kirby Sneed to the white rabbit, man, because yeah. I love talking to people that look at things and we're like, Hey man, maybe this doesn't add up right here. Or maybe mm-hmm. this doesn't quite look the same right here. So, um, with that being said, obviously you follow my content. So, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about, how do you feel about the flat earth? Yeah. So I, uh, I definitely think that, that's another uh, area where I started picking up is, is that, you know, just the space, like, I don't think we ever went to the moon, obviously, like, that's a pretty, pretty common conspiracy right there for a lot of people. I don't think we ever have been to space. I don't think we've ever broken the firmament. You know, I just like I that's another and I tell a lot of people that's another huge distraction right there, just space. And like, I've never seen a star Wars. Like I've never seen it. Like, I just don't think that any of that stuff is even remotely close to being true. Um, it's just, man, it's crazy. Like I, I think that there is a, a flat earth, but I also believe in the hollow earth as well. Like, well I just don't know which one is, is more, if you look at the bottom of the screen scrolling right now, I don't know what it says right now. Megan Hall sent me a pic of her tits. Oh, that's <laughs> <right>. uh, <laughs> I saw the, the flat earth. Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically I believe that uh, almost the same thing as Sam Trippy. you know, like I had a show where I had expert on flat earth. I had an, uh, not necessarily an expert, but I had somebody that was very knowledgeable about hollow earth. And then I also had somebody that was very uh, knowledgeable about the matrix, AKA the simulation. And at the end of the discussion, we decided that we could be living in all three at the same time. Yeah. And I went for a walk today, brother Kirby, let me tell you this shit. Like, so I took my dog for a walk because I've been, I've been, uh, downloading a lot of things. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and I've been quiet for a while because I'm learning a new job. I just moved back to California, you know, so like I'm trying to get adjusted before I fully get heavy back into putting out episodes. And I believe you are the first episode that is going to drop where I'm just going to keep dropping the hammer and dropping the hammer and dropping the hammer. But that's besides the point. So I've had a lot of time to think. And today, and I've, and I've been doing a lot of praying and I've, I've been feeling, uh, dark energies try to consume me often. And I've had to, I've had to stop myself and be like, yo, why was I just snappy at this random person that I just never met? I want Mm -hmm. nothing but the best for them. Why did Mm -hmm. I just treat them? Like I didn't want the best for them. And then, you know, like, and so like, I'll, I'll, I'll pray or I'll say, to myself, I'll be like, whatever entity or demon is in here with me, nothing other than myself is welcome in here. In the name of Jesus Christ, you have to leave. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, brother, like within 10 minutes, you can feel a change. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, like a lot of people, conspiracy will lead to um, will lead to spirituality. 
a lot of people's spirituality will lead to conspiracy. And so uh, with you always being open and questioning things, I'm just curious, like, were you spiritual first or were you yeah. questioning things first? Um, I would say I was definitely, I always, I, I always questioned things, but when I really got into questioning everything was right after I got very spiritual. And that's kind of where Larry Johnson comes into the play because he was an athlete as well and just followed the crowd and, and was, was part of uh, rock nation, which is like a huge thing with Jay-Z and you know, all that we can get into that too, but it's just, I think with him, he realized that it wasn't a life that he really was. Obviously he loved football and wanted to play, but I think it, he knew that it didn't define who he was as a person. And I think that's kind of where I got where, I mean, I'm to be honest, man, I've spent 23 years of my life playing baseball, like nonstop. Like that's literally all I do. It's all I live and breathe it. But at the end of the day, um, you know, if it was over tomorrow, I still would be who I am as a person, no matter what. So I think just with that, I was very spiritual at first. And then just listening and, and hearing and opening my ears. And, and to be honest, like, when I became more spiritual, I, I dropped my whole ego of who I was as you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't boast about myself. I don't try to, I'm not, I'm not better than the next man. I'm not better than you know, any, any other person. So I think at the end of the day, man, like I, I just, I truthfully just want to exist in this world, but also know that like, this is not, I'm, I'm not destined to stay here forever. You know what I mean? And that, um, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's right. what, that's what keeps me going, man. And, and to be honest with you, I know that there's so many distractions that I get caught up into you know, there's so many like things that follow me and, and so many things that old habits that just keep arising a lot. And, um, you know, my, my main thing is just trying to take it day by day. Like I've told that to people for years and years now that I'm not trying to worry about what I did in the past. I'm not trying to worry about what's going to happen next week. I literally just want to sit here and have a great conversation with you and, and, and hopefully, you know, just express who I am as a person. And that man, like, that's pretty yeah, much it. Doing, that's all I care crushing, about. You're crushing it, brother. And, yeah. and you, you actually touched on a couple things that I hope I can remember to jump back to because my pen is sitting right here. And usually I'm taking notes as my, as my yeah. guests are talking, but right now I'm like, so in, I'm so wrapped up in everything that you're saying. So I'm taking it all in. Um, and, and yeah, man, like it, it's great that you are, uh, that you're out there and you, and you are in a position that you are in because you are saying that you're here. Um, you're just trying to enjoy this experience. Right. And yeah. there's so many people that have come into the position that you are in who will, um, they, they go into it for selfish reasons and they're, they're self-centered and self-serving reasons. Right. And so, and you're, uh, and we see that we see that within any almost a celebrity athlete is in it for self-serving reasons. Even the people that I used to love and look up to, I guarantee you they were in it for self-serving reasons. Mm -hmm. I have a theory that the Raiders shit on Derek Carr so bad and didn't <laughs> allow him to shine because I, as far as I'm concerned, he is the greatest quarterback that they have ever had, even better than Kenny Stabler. But they did, they just never let him do what he is capable of doing because he is a Christian. I truly believe that. Yeah. And I mean, that 
honestly, before you even said that, as soon as you brought up Derek Carr, I thought that immediately. Um, and aside from that, like when I was coming up, man, like <laughs> Tim Tebow was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You know, I, I grew that. up in Gainesville. Like he, he went to the same church as my grandmother and I would see him as a kid, like growing up. Um, so when he That's got so to, awesome. when he, when he, when he got to the NFL, man, like it there was so much hatred towards him and I saw it as, you know, he's pushing a, a narrative that a lot of people don't associate the NFL with. So we need to get him out of here. And so, you know, obviously he may have not been the best quarterback ever, you know, like Derek Carr is probably a better quarterback than him. But at the same time, it's like, man, like there's, there's quarter, like he should still be playing, you know what I mean? And, and it just, I don't know. I question, I question. Tebow should still be playing. No, 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 no. Like at the time, I just think that like, I mean, he got got pushed out way two years, two years. He legitimately played and then he was out of there. And so, I mean, and And he goes down, he goes down as one of the greatest college players to ever play. And then he gets two years in NFL and every story is written about him, about how he only cares about him. And it's just like, you know why it, it, you know, that's that agenda. I don't know why the NFL hates uh, Christian so much, but it's becoming more and more apparent every season. Uh, And team Tim Tebow is a great example, right? I feel like you were saying he's the greatest quarterback in college history. And that's why they couldn't deny him a spot in the NFL, but they only gave him a short time to shine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it just breaks my heart because like I've bled silver and black my entire life. And I've given so much to the Ra- Raider organization, man, like so much. And um, for them to just up and leave and go to Vegas, one, that broke my heart. But I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to stand, be- stand behind my team because if a family member leaves town, they, they don't stop being your family member, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's how I was looking at it. Like yeah. I had a family member that left town. That's still my family. And then to see what they did to John Gruden, and then to see what they did to Derek Carr, just you know, I'm like, I'm yeah. done. Dude. I'm done. You guys have absolutely 100% sold your soul to the devil. You live in Sin City. It's Sin City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's crazy, man. Like, there's so many energies that certain places give off. And I, I've, I've been to Vegas, and it's just like, man, it's like we can get into it even more, but like the, just like the NFL, man, they push out in the NBA, MLB, like they push out so much stuff, man, that like, you don't like, it's, it's, it's unnecessary, you know? And, I feel uh, like... what were you say? Oh man, just from Weber's way is trying to FaceTime right now. I think he's <laughs> doing a live show at the same time and trying to get me on. My bad. You're good. Um, I almost answered that. That would have been funny. We would have been live <laughs> on his show, but I didn't talk to you about it first. Um, anyways, what are we talking about? Okay, okay, yeah. So the Raiders, yeah, that that absolutely breaks my heart. And so where I was, I was a graphic was I still am a graphic designer, but um, I was working for a company called All Quality Graphics, and the lady that owns that company 
used to work for the Oakland Raiders, and she helped out giving the uh, pregame um, test to make sure that the players were healthy enough to uh, play in the game and became really good friends with a lot of players. And she ended up becoming really good friends with Willie Brown. Well, old man Willie died right around the time COVID hit, if not right before COVID hit. So thank God he didn't have to live through all this garbage. <laughs> but um, John Gruden had just signed and he came to our shop and I was asking him, I was like, man, I was like, I was like, we got John Gruden. We got, uh, we, uh, and I named off all the players that we had at the time. I was like, it's our year, isn't it? And he was like, he was like, no. He was like, we're going to end up having to go to Vegas. And then after that, two years, after two years in Vegas, then the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. And I was like, how in the fuck do you know that? Yeah. And then he died. And it seemed like everything that he said. Yeah happened so mm -hmm. far i mean yeah. other than the raiders have been in vegas for more than two years but i think he couldn't have predicted covid so i think the original plan was covid wasn't going to happen and uh in the nfl world and so they planned on moving the raiders to vegas and uh doing whatever it is that they had to do whatever ritual sacrifices and <laughs> winning a super bowl yeah and I also find it very curious that, like I said earlier on, is they're the very first team that said you can't even come and watch a game unless you're fully vac unless you're vaccinated. Mm -hmm. yeah. It wasn't fully vaccinated at that time. It was just yeah. one one shot at that time. And and on top of that, we're only filling the stadium halfway. Yeah. What was Oakland like? Or were you you were not in Oakland? You were still you were still. Man, I mean, I can tell you, like Canada, man, was was insane. Like. Um, just me flying into Canada every time that I would get an opportunity to go pitch for the Blue Jays. Like it, it like I, I would get to the airport. I'd go through customs. They would ask me if I was vaccinated. I'd tell them no, and they'd say, "Well, you're forced to quarantine. You're forced to do this. You're forced to do that." And like there were so many questions that I had that whole entire time. I was with the Blue Jays, man. Like it just was, fortunately the A's have been pretty, pretty chilled with it. You know, obviously COVID restrictions have completely, you know, are non-existent anymore. So I'm, I don't even have to deal with any of that, but it was, it was stressful, man. Like it really was, uh, it took a lot of energy out of me that was unnecessary. It took a lot of frustration. It was so frustrating, man, because, you know, there's people that can't, make money there's people there's businesses that died there's things that happen but you know they were okay to sit twenty thousand people in a stadium for three hours you know well it's so not I just, even that man they were willing to fucking get people out there for these black lives matter protests and they were telling oh, us yeah that that's okay you know yeah and then, and then we had these things where it's like it's okay to go to the restaurant um as long as you wear your mask while you're standing up and walking to your seat uh, as soon as you sit down though, it's okay. Like, yeah. right. Like, yeah. and, and people bought this hook, hook, line and sinker, like not even realizing like, uh, Hey, uh, this doesn't add up because we don't teach critical thinking anymore. It's like shunned upon to actually even question anything. They're like, yeah. don't question the science. Don't question the yeah. science. Well, motherfucker, that's what science is, is questioning things. Yeah. And that's, 
that's kind of where my, you know, spirituality and my, just my love for conspiracies grew because people who were at the forefront of questioning things and were at the, you know, people who tried to push a different narrative, they were just completely shunned and shut out and, and, you know, muted. And, you know, like how many times have, you know, Sam Tripley been banned from YouTube just for sharing a different opinion, not even, I mean, even his Instagram, man, like there's so many posts that like aren't even anything, you know, it's like a meme about Hillary Clinton, but of course, you know, it's not socially acceptable. So just, there's so many things that, and the the Instagram thing is, it goes far in between Mm is like my third Instagram right now. And and it's killing me too, because uh, finally I'm, I'm able to get um, verified. So I'll have the blue check mark, but um I can't, they just let me go live again too. I'm like, yo, dude, you guys are hurting my podcast. You guys are fucking with me. And yeah. like everything that you've said is false has come to be true. Like stop this shit. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, like, so they allowed me to start going live again. So I'm actually going to start doing a live show on Instagram just in, uh, as long as they allow me to do it. Yeah. And, um, but the thing that sucks is they're like, you can't um, monetize anything on Instagram until you have 10,000 followers. And I'm like, motherfucker, if you guys weren't fucking shadow banning the shit out of me, then I still have my yeah. 50,000 follower account, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy, man. Like I, it's, that's where I've, and just getting into this sport, man, like getting to the highest level of playing baseball and you see the business side of everything, you know? And you so see the business that? side of how what's that? What about what about not the business side? Because I, I'm pretty I'm pretty well in tuned with how the business side of it works. And you know, they're all in fraternities. If they're not in a fraternity, they're in a society, they're in some sort of a brotherhood, right? All of, of these owners are in a brotherhood. So mm-hmm. like we know how that works. How about the And let me tell you this? The owners pick get to pick the commissioner for the MLB. Really? No one, there's no voting. There's no nothing. They pick who they want. Is that so in that's, every sport? That's or what, or just uh, I, I, I would assume it's in every sport. Yes. Interesting. That's so interesting. that just tells you right there that. So, uh, not all. Oh yeah, I know. Um, is your computer on? Yeah, it's still on. Okay, uh, maybe it's on my end because my computer went black, but so did my roadcaster. Um, don't be surprised. This isn't the first time this has happened. Uh, <laughs> give me, uh, give me a couple minutes, brother, and I will. Uh, I'll hit you right back. Let me see. Something happened. I don't know what. Give me like five minutes. No worries. Thank you. All right. All right. There you go. Man. I'm not going to say that that's, a, that's the first time that the CIA has shut me down. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. So yeah. uh, feel blessed <laughs> or feel, feel uh, very, very uh, flattered. <laughs> Man, what were we talking about? I just spent the past 15 minutes freaking out. What were we talking about? Going back. We were talking, I think we were talking about kind of like the Derek Carr 
uh, the Raiders. Right, right. Um, Just sports, I guess. But so, uh, other than baseball, brother, what's your favorite sport? Uh, I really like football. Um, I'm a big Gator fan. I watch a lot of their games, Florida, each year. Um, I like the Jags. Go to a lot of their games sometimes when I have the chance to go. Um, but other than that, nothing that I'm too crazy about. Um, have you had the chance to visit all of the California, um, at least Northern California ballparks? Yeah. So we play in San Francisco every year. Uh, we play in Anaheim. I haven't been to Dodger Stadium yet. I want to really want to go. I haven't been to the, I haven't been to the one in San Diego either. So I think we play at both of those places this year, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm excited for that. That's um, awesome, man. I don't know if you've ever been to the Sacramento River Cat Stadium, but I think it's one of the best. Yeah, no, it it, it is nice. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, I've been there. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I I mean, like I I feel like our whole show got freaking bombarded, it's okay. and it's so long getting you on here too because not only is my schedule crazy but you know you're a professional baseball player so i know you're on the injured reserve list when are you gonna be back in action yeah so i started throwing again last week um i should be hopefully back out there like probably mid-may i would say takes a little while i hurt my lat so it just kind of takes a little while to to get back it's it's weird when you kind of strain a muscle and just obviously don't want to rush the recovery time so i've been feeling really good though so i'm i'm just you know fortunate there's a lot of good people with the a's that have been you know helping me get prepared to come back and so i'm just excited for whenever that is fuck yeah brother so are you a starter are you an opener are you a closer reliever so pretty much uh i can pitch anywhere in the middle innings from the fourth inning to eighth or ninth. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it varies a lot. Being a reliever is, is you have to pretty much be ready at any moment. So, so everybody has their favorite pitch as a pitcher, especially a left-handed pitcher. What is your favorite? When that, when the catcher calls it, you're like, fuck yeah, this guy's going to swing on this. Yeah. Um, so there's actually two. I have I I love throwing my changeup. It's always been good ever since I was little. Um, it's a good effective pitch for hitters. You know, just keep them off balance. But uh, my slider has my the slider has. Up. I'm sorry. The, the changeup is when you throw when you throw like three of the same pitch and then you just give them heat, right? No. So changeup is so basically when I throw my fastball. That's like the fastest pitch I'll throw. And then a changeup is just a little bit slower than the fastball. I would say maybe like five to to six miles an hour slower. And it just messes up the hitter's timing because they see the the you know the certain speed the and then it kind of slows on them. So they get they get a little out in front. Um but then I also have a slider that um is pretty good and I enjoy throwing that a lot. Um yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. So how do you feel about playing in the American League and having to bat? No, so they they actually got rid of that 2 years ago. So now there's a universal DH. So both leagues now have a DH, which is oh, crazy. Oh, so there never again will there where will there be a Babe Ruth? 
No. There's no chance for anybody to ever be a Babe Ruth. Uh, there is Shohei Otani with the Angels, who is a pitcher and hitter at the same time. So he pitches and hits, and he's really good. He was MVP last year. So Nice. So when you were hitting, because obviously this just happened two years ago, and you've in, enjoyed your entire life playing baseball. So how are you as a hitter? You Were you, were you comfortable at hitting, or was it ever just like, oh, man, just let me get out on the mound? Uh, it was a little bit of both. When I was growing up, I was a pretty good hitter. Um, I actually played more in the field than I did pitch, uh, until I got to high school and then I just started pitching and I just fell in love with it. Um, yeah, I haven't, I actually haven't hit, like I haven't been a hitter since high school. So, um, it's been a while. So I've always been like, oh, I'm going to knock it out of the park. Right. But I've Mm -hmm. always been like really good at pitching too, but I never held the pitching, uh, title and I also think that that has to do with the area that I grew up in the politics around the area because you know the coach's dad always seemed to have the oh best yeah and even sure. fucking sucked yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've dealt with that too and so my grandfather actually was uh he he used to be a pitcher coach and he was also a hitter coach uh, for some for some uh, minor league teams. And so when yeah. I was young, I actually had like really good coaching. But then when I went into little league, they're like, oh, no, like, you're not your last name isn't blah, blah, blah. So you ain't getting shit, you know, like, yeah, um, it really sucked. But then one year they finally gave me the opportunity because uh, the the kid they had pitching, uh, he somehow went out of the game and they were like, Hey Jones, you got this? And I was like, Yeah, I got this, right? Yeah. And the very first pitch I threw, I hit the damn batter, man. And they never gave me another chance after that. And I know it was just my nerves. And if I yeah. had just passed that first pitch, I really could have proven myself because like I've always wanted to be an athlete, man. That's why I gravitated to to uh skateboarding. Because with skateboarding, it doesn't matter how big you are, man. It's just you against your own brain and your own abilities. That's what yeah. skateboarding is. That's yeah. why I fell in love with it. But within baseball, man, I really feel like I also had that same opportunity, especially with pitching, but just nobody really gave me the opportunity to show what I was capable of. Yeah. I was huge into skating too as a kid, man. I, I loved it. I just never I always always was afraid I would get hurt and not be able to play baseball. Uh shoot. Let me think. There were so many I had when I was growing up. So based on I your was huge into like the like Bam Margera, like all that, oh, that okay. whole like thing. Like I love that. Um the whole like jackass movement, I guess you could say. My my I had an older cousin I was telling you about earlier that like he was so into it. So I just got into it. I would wear Lily would like I would skate. I would bring my skateboard to school sometimes and get in trouble for like bringing it and stuff. So it was just I, I loved it, man. Like I that was like early, early days. that's awesome man i can remember back in high school like so i was probably and this isn't just to like pat myself on the back but like i was the best high school uh uh, skateboarder in my high school other than my friend paul thompson and one year i decided there was like this 25 foot rail or, or like not foot but there was 25 steps in this big ass rail that went from where we got food and down into the quad and i told a couple of my friends i was like yo I was like, uh, tomorrow, <clears throat> bring your video cameras. This was before everybody had cell phones. So I was like, bring your video cameras. 
because I'm going to hit that. I'm going to hit that rail tomorrow after school. And so school's over and nobody's getting on the bus. Nobody's going anywhere, man. Everybody is right there in the quad at the stairs waiting for me to do this. (laughs) And I didn't want to bitch out, but I was basically told that I was going to be freaking suspended for a week if I no looked through with this. And I was already like, uh, I was already teetering whether or not I was going to be able to walk because I was like the class clown. I was always in trouble, bro. Always, <laughs> you know, like I can never just sit there and be the good student. I always had to have the spotlight on me. So like, anyways, I didn't tell anybody this because I was afraid I was going to bitch out. But what ended up happening is the entire school was just sitting there right after the bell rung waiting for me to do this. And then staff like took my skateboard from me and walked me away and basically made it look like I punked out when I, oh, man. I was like, Oh, you guys saved me. You guys yeah. saved me. It was like we were saved by the bell. But at the same time, I was like, if they didn't come, I was going to do it. Oh yeah. It was huge, dude. It was like, that was like my little shine at high school, you know, even though I come <laughs> from the same high school that freaking, um, uh, a UFC fighter, uh, dang it, his name is escaping me right now, and everybody that listens to my show that went to my high school is like, you idiot, he's the best UFC fighter ever. <laughs> Anyways, we, I grew up in a small-ass town. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jake Shields also was coached by – he he was wrestled, wrestling and football coached by the same person that taught me how to play drums, which is mm. – and, and I had the biggest crush on the guy's daughter. So, like – me and Jake Shields have like a connection without him and I even knowing that we have a connection. Oh, and not Uriah Faber, man. Why can't I think of his name? It is again. Oh, uh, Dillashaw uh, is also um, uh, came from my high high school, and I was friends with his brother Casey. Actually, we knew each other. I, if I was to be like, "Yo, Casey, me and you are friends," right? He'd be like, "Fuck you, dude. I don't ever like." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, brother, I took up too much of your time. I really appreciate you coming on the White Rabbit, man. I would like you to leave anybody listening to this with something positive from you. Okay. Um, I would say, man, that's tough. (laughs) There's so many things. Um, Just one thing, man. Every podcast I've ever done, anything, anytime I've ever talked to anyone, my 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 thing i do is just one day at a time man and uh there's a lot of people that are waking up out there that are seeing what's going on and just you know questioning things and and so my message to them is to just you know whatever follow your heart man like i that's how i that's kind of how i got into it um you know i just knew that a lot of things weren't adding up in my head and so i i started researching it and you know, there's, there's so much info to be had out there, but if you just take one little nugget at a time and, and let it add up and then you realize that everything is connected, um, like it's, it, it's a lot, but in the end, you'll, you'll be thankful that you did it. Man, that, that was awesome. Agreed. And, and I would also like to add to that, man. Like, I feel like we are beings that chose to come here for this experience. So no matter how hard it seems, try to keep in the back of your mind that there is a different part of you that chose to be here 
right now. So do something with that, you know? So man, Kirby, get out there, crush it. I hope to come down to Oakland and actually see you throw in person. So that'd be awesome. Awesome brother. And maybe we can go have a beer or something. For sure. Yeah. Uh, thank you for blessing white rabbit i hope you keep listening and uh i'm gonna promote the shit out of this man (laughs) Uh, everybody listening uh, i'm gonna end you guys with high res and keep digging down those rabbit holes I would never bend my knee to Satan I would never sell myself for no paper You can go ahead and call me a hater But I'll go ahead and call you a traitor Hey, Hollywood is getting cancelled I put God over financials Just know that I never kill myself If they try to use me as a damn example Hey, first Lil Nas, now Sam Smith Satan coming for the damn kids These rappers and singers are puppets The second the label give them their advances God is forgiven We were all made in his image That's why he told me to remix this Every nation demoralization While we celebrating what people are sinning Don't care if you trans Nah, oh, you a man who in love with a man But if you're gonna cover your nipples with tassels And leave the kids alone and just do only fans I just can't stand all the lies of the media Pushing these kids, they ain't standing a chance Hollywood pushes agendas with all of these artists I swear that they industry's plans All of these fallacies that they're preaching this way That there's no more objective reality Go ahead, laugh at me But I think that you worship and saying is more of a tragedy They sold out our nation for more dough That's why I don't watch award shows Celebrity puppets, we're living in luxury All of our business will force closed Allah Jehovah Hashem or Yahweh, you can call him whatever you do. But worshiping Satan with the purpose of angering God, well, that's just gonna make you a fool.